0: It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander.
1: Want those idiots who believe in analytics? Good Tuesday morning, too. It's a numbers game right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa have Fubo, link, Gay Plus, and iHeartRadio. It's happening. it's Gil Alexander. Jason Kahn, producer number seven, is here. Yes, he is. Good morning, Gil. As well. Good morning, Jason. Uh, on the show today, our number two, Paul Spohr with uh, his DFS thoughts of the day. Some Major League Baseball as well. Mark Borchard. Uh, will give us his baseball picks today, and I'm sure we will inevitably end up on down some baseball handicapping slash modeling rabbit hole with him. For those who want to geek out on Major League Baseball, we'll do that hour number two. Drew Densick will join us uh, this hour to talk both NBA and maybe some NFL with Drew, see what he's up to. Uh, and Adam Stanko joins us momentarily from the uh, Rejecting the Screen podcast uh, at Naismith Lives to talk all things uh, NBA with us. Maybe uh, bend his ear about his... Uh, his dad's thoughts on the whole horse racing scandal this weekend. We'll see if he, uh, if he, uh, if we can coax something out of him on that. Uh, first, for those who uh, who love the tennis picks, I don't have any this morning because uh, they've all started. They've all started over there in Rome, unlike yesterday. And let me just go back to yesterday's two picks. One, we had the big, we had a favorite on Zvonareva. She hit easy during the show straight. So that's minus two. 84 or something like that. And then we had, after the show yesterday, and there's a whole bunch of Numbers, Games listeners, <laughs> Numbers Game listeners who were on this with me. Uh, we, can, we can chuckle about it now, 24 hours later, hopefully. But we were on Camilla Georgie yesterday at roughly plus 270-ish, somewhere in that ballpark, depending on where you got it. Uh, and this was the longest women's tennis match of the calendar year. Remember, we're only playing a best of three. Three hours and 51 minutes it took for us to have the heartbreak uh, of a... I don't know if I will save a lifetime, but they don't get more brutal than that. There was one tennis match earlier this this year on, on primetime action where we had uh, Jessica Pagula. We had six match points, and we squandered those away. But Camila Georgi yesterday lost the first set in a tiebreaker. 7-4, the tiebreaker score. Then it went to a second set, obviously. She forces the tiebreaker there after getting broken. After she broke her opponent, Sarah Cerebus Tormo, she ends up winning in a tiebreaker. 9-7 in the tiebreak. After having, I think it was seven set points. Just on and on and on and on. And then it goes to a third set. And we take a four-love lead. Uh, You know where this is going. And then she just hits the wall. And that's how our plus-272 dog goes down. So we gave it a run. It was a solid wager. We should have had it. And that's betting tennis sometimes. That was rough. Uh, so again, sorry, none today because they've already started. Hopefully tomorrow uh, we will have some here that have not begun uh, in Rome, both on the women's and perhaps on the men's side as well. Let's bring him in from the Rejecting the Screen podcast at Naismith Lives. Ladies and gentlemen, no hostage video today. Uh, via the telephone, via Alexander Graham Bell's invention. It's, it's Adam Stanko, everybody, how you doing, Adam?
0: I'm good, Gil. And just because we don't see the hostage video doesn't mean that I'm not safe. I'm good. I'm okay. <laughs> don't right. have to be
1: concerned at all. People are like, "Is this a downgrade? Is are things deteriorating for Adam wherever he is?" Let me let me before before we get to basketball, I sort of mentioned this in the uh, in the preamble here. Your dad, first of all, was awesome before the Kentucky Derby, Mister Ed Stanko, uh, the owner of 2013 Kentucky Oaks winner. Um, that's so, so first of all, thank you again for to, for him to be on here. Did he have to the extent you're willing to share, Adam, did he have a reaction to this whole scandal with the Kentucky Derby and uh Medina spirit testing beyond the allowable levels of the anti inflammatory beta methazone?
0: Yeah, I mean obviously the whole the whole issue is pretty nuanced, but I know the the one message that's that's come from my my dad as well as other members of the, the, the you know, the, 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 partnership that he's, he's a part of um, was, you know, really that about the, the idea that sport needs to be cleaned up if, if for no other reason than, you know, obviously public perception and the idea that if, if, you know, you don't get a handle on this uh, and it could be whether it's the testing procedures, it could be whether the, the PR standpoint from, from how, you know, trainers are talking about it or or reaction. If, if, if the sport on the whole isn't cleaned up, you know, by governing bodies, then, then it's it's going to be detrimental to everyone. And, and we all in our family, as well as, you know, so many people that we're close to are just major parts of this and, and understand, you know, we've been in the barns early in the morning and see how well the horses are taken care of. And, you know, and, and so the public perception, and for good reason, you know is, is out of control if you, and, and it's hard to even equate it to another sport if people don't believe that it's clean especially a sport that that they're placing wagers on um once you lose integrity it, it's a tough thing to get back so um so whatever needs to be done in order to make sure that the that the sport is is cleaned up and again that that may also be a an image problem um and just give some clarity about the rules but um, that's, I think, his, his biggest message.
1: Skill Alexander, Adam Stanko, our guest here on The Numbers Game at VEASAN, the sports Betting Network, VEASAN.com, the app FUBO, Sling Game Plus, and, of course, iHeartRadio. Speaking there, perhaps on behalf of his dad, Ed Stanko, again, the owner of Princess of Silmar, the 2013 Kentucky Oaks winner, part of his uh, King of Prussia stable. Um, we'll try to get your dad on before the preakness if he's willing as well, Adam. Um, but you you hit on it right there. It's one thing... The horse racing fan is like, oh, I mean, because imagine if if Medina Spirit's allowed to go, wins, and then, you know, get a second test back that corroborates the first one. And then there's, you know, the, the, the whole notion of a triple crown just becomes ridiculous this year because that won't happen for, you know, nefarious reasons, uh, some would allege. And then... It's a whole other thing when it comes to the fact that it's betting. And that's, that's the key to all of this, and that's the corner of the world from which we come. The fact that people who had mandolin mandaloon, are going to be like, you know, wait a minute, I bet on the winning horse if it weren't for this thing, and you're messing with my money. And that's where it gets really exponentially more serious. That's just how the cookie crumbles on that. So it's going to be fascinating to see how it goes this week. We Thank didn't expect... Know. Yes, you go know, I'll just say this to...
0: Um... You know, my dad just sent me a text because he's listening, so it's like an official. He said that, you know, it's done PR damage from a series of positives, but we have to wait for the split sample and let due process take its course. He thinks Medina should run in the Preakness, so there's that. And also, I have a buddy who knows nothing about horse racing. I'll just say this. Um, and and put some money down, bet a trifecta bet on the, uh, on the derby. He had the the uh, horse that came in first and third. Did not have the horse that came in second. Didn't understand how this worked. And he reached out to me and said, "Hey, do you think there's any chance that I won?" <laughs> because <the team>
1: Medina was <laughs> you know,
0: yeah. test positive. I said, "Under no circumstance." Did you? that's did you right. I
1: yeah. uh, love but, that. Uh, but, did I win this by any chance? Three days later. Uh, <laughs> It's so great. Well, thank you for your dad to text for your dad for texting in there. There you we're doing we're doing radio where someone's texting in with responses. I enjoy that. All right, there so NBA card tonight uh, as we as we go down the home stretch, final week of the NBA regular season, and every one of these what is it eleven games tonight? Every one of them has some kind of seating implication, some kind of you know stay in or out of the play in situation, both on the top of the play in and at the bottom. The one game that doesn't. I would argue has the most significant implication whatsoever in the NBA beyond this year, which is Minnesota at Detroit. And I brought this up yesterday on the show and you're, you live in the Bay and I just want to, you know, so Minnesota, again, if they get a bottom three, they end up, right? It's top three protected for them. But if they end up after the ping pong balls uh, are, are popping out of that bubble, if they end up beyond the top, the, the worst three, that pick conveys to the golden state warriors and so, I mean, I, I really do believe the Timberwolves franchise, which is threatening to be like sixth worst. That's how well they're playing. They ain't tanking. And it's like they should be like Anthony Edwards. Uh, you have a groin. Carl Anthony Towns. That's a hamstring. You should sit down tonight. They should be doing that. Uh, are people in the Bay, like as you listen to sports talk radio out there, are they keenly aware of this? Is this the thing there?
0: You know, it's interesting, Gil. It, it is in NBA circles around the league, but as far as, here in, in the Bay Area and it probably speaks to the fandom as you, as you know you spent some time here um no mention of it uh everybody right now is is so focused on you know Steph Curry's recent run and you know the Warriors and where they're going to end up in terms of the, the play-in scenario uh I, I think they could finish eighth ninth or tenth depending on how things finish out um but it's 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 wild there, there has not been a mention at all and you bring up such a good point I mean Cleveland is seven and five in their last twelve, and you look at every other team that that are the bottom feeders in the NBA. Uh, the Magic three and seven in their last ten. The Cavs lost eleven in a row. Pistons two and nine in their last eleven. OKC one win in their last twenty-two. I think they know what they're doing with those those uh, bevy <laughs> of picks that they have over the next few years. And then Rockets, of course, you know, have been disaster all season, and, and nothing's changed here as we come down the home stretch. And the other, the other interesting part is not only are we talking top three protected as you bring up wonderful point on that, but also the significance of this particular draft. I mean, all year long, it was called a three horse race. It, you know, to bring back that, the, uh, horse racing again, but, but you could even define it as four. There are really four players that everyone is excited about last year. There was a lot of argument over whether there were any tier one prospects in the lottery. Um, maybe you could make the case for LaMelo Ball. Some people might argue, like an Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman. But even even for the most part, everyone said those are tier two guys. If they're going to be all-stars, it's going to probably take a couple years to get there. Uh, and LaMelo surprised everyone doing what he's done at his age. But you look at this year's draft, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley on the college ranks, and then Jalen Green who played for you know, Team Ignite this year, which is actually out here in the, in the Bay um, in Walnut Creek. It, it's stunning because you're talking about guys that are coming in, and possibly be an all-star you know, by year two and, and are going to be franchise cornerstone players for the next decade. So the idea that the Warriors could be getting one of those, um, you would think it would be a bigger story. Oh,
1: would be huge. Uh, very interesting trajectory. A team that obviously won three NBA championships, lost KD, spate of injuries, and then somehow might end up with a, a spate of early first-round picks that could just keep them afloat towards the league's Uh, elite, if you will, over the next few years as well. Um, Clay coming back, obviously, in that equation, and Wiseman, too. Um, Give me a team in each conference here. Obviously, three or four games left in the season, depending on uh, what the schedule is remaining for any of these teams. Three or four games left throughout the rest of the week. Give me the one team in each conference that no one is thinking about. So, pretty much eliminating... The, the usual suspects uh, at the top in the Eastern Conference and certainly at the top, and then add the Lakers in in the West. What's the one team besides those in each conference where you're like, this team could be live?
0: Well, I mean, first, obviously, the the interesting one to say would be the Warriors because of Steph's run. But again, I, even them, I, I would argue, might be, um, you know, everyone understands what they're doing and has their eye even on the Warriors. And, and it sort of runs the same way as the Lakers do. I would say the Grizzlies on, in the Western Conference. They're finally getting healthy. Team scores a, a bunch of points in the paint. Obviously, you don't want to play any team that has John Moran, now with you know, Jaron Jackson, you got Brandon Clark. The, I think that they are a scary young team that can, again, they know what they want to do on a nightly basis. Um, and so, for me, the Grizzlies out west are the team that would, would scare me uh, if I end up with a matchup there. play a critical game last night, and they, they come away victorious. And I just think that this team – um, what John Moran can do in the, the course of a series is, is dangerous enough. But again, now that they're healthy, uh, that's problematic. And and I would say same thing in the East, uh, but a team that now is secured of you know, top six, uh, which is obviously a lot safer for them when you talk about what they could do because of the whole playing scenario. Uh, and that's the Atlanta Hawks. You're talking about a team that's been 15-7 and seven since the beginning of April. And the big one for them is, is Bogdan Bogdanovich. I mean, he has been outstanding, Trey Young, terrific, and we sort of forgot about Trey and his trajectory, and, and we, we you know, ignore the alliteration there. But, but the truth is that, that Trey was a guy that we all understood how good he was going to be. And then, you know, because of the Lucas stuff and all those kinds of things, we sort of forgot about Trey Young this year. He still does so many tremendous things in terms of scoring and distribution on a nightly basis. But when Bogdanovich was added to the fold, there was a lot of expectations that could take the pressure off Trey Young. He didn't do that at the beginning of the year, then was hurt, and then now on on a tear and then you, you throw in, you know, Danilo Gallinari gets healthy. And this team, this Hawks team could be one that could really be a fly in the ointment in the Eastern Conference. So, those are the two teams that I would point to the Grizzlies and the
1: Hawks. Yeah, that's my who could be, you know, who could make some noise in a first round series question. By the way, the other one in the West, Memphis is a great answer because you don't hear anybody, right? With a focus on the Lakers and the Warriors and a play in, no one ever brings up Memphis. Um, Portland, I also think, like, people seem to forget about. You know, like all of a sudden, like we've forgotten about what they can do in a postseason series. But again, it's so matchup dependent, right? If they end up as a six and have to play the Clippers versus ending up as a five, obviously, and having to play, say, the Nuggets, much bigger proposition, much different proposition, I should say there. Uh, You also, not only do you spend time in the Bay Area, but you grew up uh, primarily in the Philly area. And so I asked this question yesterday. I'll ask it of you since you have roots there. Are we sleeping on the Sixers? Like, it, it's so weird to say this about a number one seed, but they're going to end up with the number one in all likelihood in the Eastern Conference. It's a, almost a done deal there, uh, up three with four games to play. They're number one, man. Nets are going to have to play the Bucks in a series eventually if all plays out to form. They may get, and as much as you just said you like the Hawks, you know, the Sixers still should be able to beat whoever comes out of the play-in. Washington may give them trouble. We'll talk about that in a second. And then a four or five right now, anyway, would be Knicks Hawks. Are, is it weird to say we're underrating a number one seed? And is there a bet to be made on them?
0: Yeah, well, you definitely, you're definitely right. We are underestimating Sixers, and my dad's probably laughing now as he's as he's listening to this because he he knows I'm not. I, I didn't grow up a Sixers fan, so I don't I don't want that to be skewed to think that there's some bias. In fact, I think at one point uh, you had him on the show and he mentioned that. Um, he did. That he calls me a fake Philly fan. I I, <laughs> I grew up in the area, but I didn't move there until I was 11. You can't switch teams. That you can't switch your allegiance when you're when you're that age.
1: Wait, but, what was what was your allegiance um, before that?
0: I was a Pistons fan. My, my dad had moved me around. I blame him. He, he was the one. You know, pick a job, Dad. Settle <laughs> it's down. Your,
1: it's your fault, you know. Mr. Stanko. It's your fault.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I'm still I'm still bitter. Um, it, it, Gil, it, this is a team that's won eight in a row. Obviously, with the season Joel Embiid has had, it's been remarkable. I don't think he wins MVP, even though there's a big push—not just from Sixers fans, but a lot of people around the league—think that Joel Embiid should should be the MVP. But he missed a lot of games. But when Joel Embiid's healthy and he's on the floor and he's healthy right now, you know the the Sixers are you know it's good if not better than anyone. They've won eight in a row, and and the big thing is that they're getting contributions from a lot of guys. Doc Rivers just mentioned the fact that this is a team that could go eleven deep if necessary. You don't really need that depth to come playoff time, uh, which has been proven the last couple of years. We've seen with the Milwaukee Bucks who who come in with, with depth. Um, you know, the Sixers are a team that the last couple of years, you know, we saw last year that that struggled away from home. But, that you know, this year doesn't really matter in, in that regard, um, you know, because of the way that, that the fan setup is. It's been so wonky and you've seen some weird, you know, home and away records for teams. The big thing for the Sixers that people don't talk about enough is defensively just how good they are. And when Ben Simmons is on the floor, wasn't last night, but when Ben Simmons is on the floor, this team is elite defensively. They're second in defensive efficiency in the NBA. Um, they can really guard people. Matisse Stiebel is, for people who don't realize, because he's not a guy that gets a ton of minutes, but is such a unicorn – In terms of his defensive abilities, he blocks shots on the perimeter, which you just don't see. He gets chased down blocks in the half court, which is something weird you also don't see. He's got great hands in terms of steals. So he's an X-factor defensively for the Sixers. I expect him to make a name for himself come this playoff time. So the fact that they added shooters, they got Matisse-Stiebel, they're excellent defensively, makes them certainly dangerous, just beyond Joel Embiid. The one question for me for the Sixers is, in clutch, critical situations, who's the guy that gets the ball uh, when you need a shot at the end of the game? They have a lot of shooters. They have some guys who can create for themselves. But who is that guy? And, and we've seen it oftentimes this year being Embiid, and I don't know if that's who I'd really want to go to. You think about the last great, truly, truly great dominant center in the NBA, is Shaq, and obviously the success he had playing alongside Kobe because Shaq could do all the damage for most of the game. And in the final minute, you can give it to Kobe and he could take over. Sixers do not have a guy like that. That would be the one question mark for me.
1: That that has been their thing, even when they had the uh was it the uh the uh Bellinelli version of the team in the playoffs a few years back it was always who's gonna take a, the shot at crunch time? This has always kind of been their thing. Uh yes. let me just but we're gonna get some basketball picks, maybe from Drew Densick later. It's it's just so squirrely right now with motivation, who's playing in these games. Uh, motivation, not a problem for, obviously, the teams that are jockeying for a seeding, but um, these are tough games to play right now in the NBA's last week. But one last note here. We only have 90 seconds. Russell Westbrook, you mentioned uh, last night Atlanta topping Washington by a point. Russell Westbrook sets the all-time triple-double record with his 182nd career triple-double, topping the big O, Oscar Robertson. But uh, Washington does lose, and they end up with the 10th seed. Westbrook with a, can I say after a great game like that, a historic game, an ill-advised brick three at the end? Looked like he should have just driven it to the hole with a few seconds left. Um, But... I relate this to like 40 40s in baseball when Barry Bonds and and the Jose Cansecos of the world were getting 40 40s. You had the Mickey Mantles of the world saying, oh, if I had known that was a thing, I could have done that. Uh, We don't hear that the NBA with with Russell Westbrook. And I think that's kind of justified. Like, do you think that if someone cared about this back in the day, they could have done this this way? Or is he just a complete unicorn no matter the generation?
0: uh you know it's it's interesting i I would just argue this point that that on one hand uh it's true there are probably guys who could have gone with that i mean you think about larry bird who you know all the things that he tried to do in his career when he was when he was motivated to do something statistically kevin McHale has the celtic scoring record bird goes out next night and gets 60 you know people say oh you can't you can't change anything else in your game he goes out and plays left-handed i think against the Blazers there. And there are so many guys throughout history. You think about what, what Jordan did magic. You, you can make that argument, especially for a lot of those guys, I would argue in the eighties. And then of course the pace, you know, sort of slowed down as we, as we talk about the nineties, but what Russell Westbrook's done. Um, it's so weird, Gil, because I think you bring up at eh, the way you would describe his whole career, such uh, he is a unicorn. How he he's so dominant in those three aspects of the game, still makes decisions, still turns the ball over in areas where you just question it. But he is so respected around the league. And my one favorite stat about Russell Westbrook this year he has the highest point scoring triple double this season, the highest assists in a triple double this season, and the highest amount of rebounds in a triple double. So it's not just like he's getting there with 10 10 10. He is doing yeah. some remarkable things. He's He's truly an incredible player, but, you know, again, as you point out, they're the 10th seed in the East this season. So what do you make?
1: I got to bounce, Adam, but I appreciate it, man. 28, 13, and 21 from Westbrook last night. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate it. We'll get some basketball picks from Drew uh, in a bit, we think. Some baseball picks as well. Hard Knocks, who's going to be there this year? It's next on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
0: a numbers game with Gil Alexander.
1: Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada with basketball, hockey, and baseball games every week. It's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Just download the BetMGM app today. Won't take you more than a few seconds. Then stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. That won't take you more than a few minutes. And then, it's as easy. Starting to play sports bets from anywhere in Nevada immediately after that. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM State of the our technology and fan friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. couple tweets here. Uh, Malika Andrews, the lovely Malika Andrews, as a Woj reporter on SportsCenter, she says the earliest date that James Harden may return for the Nets is Wednesday against the Spurs. Uh, the Nets are in action tonight at Chicago. They're five point favorites. Uh Chicago tries to uh, cling to life in the East. Obviously, Brooklyn, either going to be a 2 or 3, it looks like. Uh, but the earliest that Harden may return for the Nets is tomorrow night against the Spurs. That isn't a certainty, Malika says, but Harden is getting close to returning. Obviously, great news for anybody with Brooklyn Nets futures uh, because there was some speculation he wouldn't even be back for the first round, but looks like that's not the case. And then we were just uh, mentioning... Uh, the T-Wolves, which is not normally a team we talk about, uh, you know, every day. Brian Windhorst from ESPN. Mark Lor and Alex Rodriguez's 30-day exclusive window to buy the Wolves from Glenn Taylor has ended without a deal. Sides are continuing to, go- to negotiate in an effort to come to an agreement. I thought that was a done deal. guess I misunderstood on that. Me too. Um, so they're extending the, uh, the uh, window. I don't know if they're extending the window. Oh, he, he did say the exclusive window is being extended. So we'll see if a Rod and company end up with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, the other thing about the Russell Westbrook thing, the only other note about it last night, and he is really like such, a, such an amazing generational player and just unique, I think, across generations. His motor never stops. That dude gives 100% every night, every play of every game. It is un- and he's had knee surgeries. And then, of course, last night when he breaks the record, he was Ricky. He-, he was as close to Ricky Henderson as he could have been. If there was a base for him to have pulled out of the ground and raised over his head and say, I am the greatest. He's cutting was, down the net. It was basically his his postgame presser was that. I got to pat myself on the back. <laughs> it's outstanding. Uh, so there's that. Uh, but let's see what the Wiz could do. Again, I have those three bets uh, that I made uh, in faraway locations. Will a 10th seed get into the postseason? Will they get into the playoffs? meaning, will they they win twice from the 10th position, and I have it three times at uh, north of $3. So right now, with three games left for the Wiz, four games left for the Pacers, the Wizards are in 10th. But obviously, that's a, a fluid situation. Uh, I mentioned this. Oh, by the way, we get tweets as well. We get tweets at Beating the Book. Um, thank you, as always, for the feedback. Coach Brian talked about the tennis match yesterday that I was referring to. If Georgie's dad wasn't, wasn't acting like a dot-dot-dot parent, at an AAU basketball game, we win that match. Wishful thinking? Yeah, I don't know. The, the, she definitely didn't get help from the umps either. She, and she fought through that like a champ. And their dad went nuts on it as well. Just everything happened. A three-hour-and-51-minute ladies' tennis match that, that we lost. Jeff Rowe records. Uh, talking about the Sixers conversation we just had last segment. I think we know what Simmons and Embiid are going to bring to the table come playoff time. Obviously, good health, luck is needed. But how the Sixers make win the finals is if Tobias Harris steps up as their current, as their crunch time score. It's scary how important Tobias is to the Sixers. Uh, yeah, uh, that's one theory on it anyway. We shall see. Um, that can only help, though, that's for sure. Uh, I tease this by saying, I, I, I didn't mean to say I know who's on hard knocks, but because of Tim Tebow's signing with the Jaguars, not signing, but he's going to show up and try to make the Jaguars team uh, which is, you know, obviously we saw it coming with Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow, three houses away from each other. Obviously, uh, Tim Tebow' greatness at Florida under Urban Meyer. So it gets to the point where, I'm like, wow, could the Jaguars end up being on on Hard Knocks with Trevor Lawrence and Tim Tebow? That would be awesome. But I forgot one of the uh, one of the three rules per an agreement between the NFL and its thirty two teams regarding eligibility for the show Hard Knocks on HBO is one: if you have a first year head coach, you don't have to be a part of it or you're, you're exempt, so they're out. Two, you ha- if, if you've made the playoffs in the last two seasons, you're exempt. And three, if you've appeared on the show in the past 10 years, you're, you're exempt. So after all that, you're like, well, God, who qualifies? Arizona Cardinals, Denver Broncos, New York Giants, Carolina Panthers, Dallas Cowboys. How about that? The Dallas Cowboys haven't been in the playoffs in the last 10 years. This might be the, the DC in me. This might be the DMV in me, but just stop it with all the Cowboys talk. You're not relevant. I haven't been in the playoffs for that long. Which of those teams would you like to see in Hard Knocks? Kind of like to see the Cowboys. I wouldn't. Stop it. Would not want to see that. It'll be a disaster. Obviously, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Broncos, that's the slam dunk of those five teams. Short of that, I don't know, Carolina? I do not want to see the Giants or Cowboys. Stop with that. Drew Densig will join us next. We'll talk NBA, maybe some NFL as well. On the next side, right here on A Numbers Game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Did you know VEASAN.com has the latest lines and odds for every game on the board tonight? Track the line movements with live charts. Get estimated scores for every matchup and all the betting information you need to stay on top of the action. You can also use our parlay calculator to figure out payouts. Get all our betting 101 info, including definitions of the betting terms we use here on the Sports Betting Network. By the way, you can drill down on that data as well, too. Do it by sport. VEASAN.com slash NBA. VEASAN.com slash NHL. VEASAN.com slash MLB. You get the idea. Um, start your day's sporting betting research, your sports betting research that is for free at VEASAN.com. That's VEASAN.com. Skill Alexander, uh, Jason Kahn, producer number seven, and I, uh, came to blows, uh, during the, uh, during the break over which team should be on hard knocks. Got a little ugly in here. What did you say? of uh, those things? Let me, let me repeat the teams. The only five teams, once again, that are, uh, eligible for hard knocks. And once again, now I've, uh, I've lost the screen at the wrong time, but it's the, uh, it's the Arizona Cardinals. It's the Denver Broncos, New York Giants, Carolina Panthers, and Dallas Cowboys. The reason this came up is because I was thinking in my head, wow, could Jacksonville be on it with uh, Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer and obviously Tim Tebow perhaps, but I forgot about the rule. First-year coaches exempt. If you, a, if you have a first-year head coach, that is, you're exempt, not to mention making the playoffs the last two seasons, have appeared on the show the past 10 seasons. So those are the only f- five teams, and you said you would want to see who? Dallas Cowboys, and the reason is they're going to be bad. Oh, there is a lot of teams. I think Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn um, could be uh, potentially Hugh Jackson esque. But they're going to be bad is not is not the you know unique to them. Giants aren't going to be any good. I wouldn't want to see them. Yeah, but the Cowboys, I think, would be more fun to be bad. More, more fun to be bad. Okay, like I said, if Aaron Rodgers went to the Broncos, that would be the obvious slam dunk of those five. Other than that, I don't know. We shall see. We have that to look forward to uh, coming up, obviously, in August. Never too early to talk some football. That's for sure. Uh, so, again, NBA games tonight of note. Uh, so many of them. I mentioned Minnesota. Minnesota. 8-point favorites on the road against Detroit. Minnesota needs to stop winning basketball games for that franchise. You were asking me off-air, Jason. You're like, do you think, A-Rod, do you think the value of the franchise less than because they're winning these games, and they, won't, and they might not get up and no. It's only a difference between 14% of the ping-pong balls and as low as 9% of the ping-pong balls. So, no, that had nothing to do with it. But Minnesota, 8-point favorites at Detroit. Um, doesn't behoove Minnesota to win, but obviously they're big favorites to do so. But uh, everything else has seeding implications. And, you know, among them, obviously, you have a situation. Actually, OKC and Sacramento is the only one. I guess Sacramento technically uh, alive there. But everything else, Phoenix and Golden State. Golden State trying to stay as a 7-8 team with a win. Five-five um, and Five and a half point home dogs against Phoenix. Phoenix still with an eye towards the number one seed in the Western Conference. Yeah. Um, but firmly entrenched at number two for all intents and purposes. Again, mathematically, three games up on the clip show for the number two seed with four games left, Um, and obviously for the Pacific Division title, uh, just teetering on, clinching that. But they they obviously have eyes on the first seed most significantly because if they finish two, it is very likely that they would end up playing the Lakers as a seven if the Lakers were to end up there and get through the play-in. That right now is the favorite to happen for the Lakers. So imagine that prize again, whoever ends up with the Lakers in a first round, whether you're the Jazz or the Suns, to end up in that situation. So the Suns are super incentivized uh, in this game, as are the Warriors. That's pro- Those are probably... That one in spe- uh, that one particular of all these games, which have all kinds of implications, Lakers themselves, five-point favorites against the Knicks, Knicks trying to... Uh, to stay with a, with a good seed here in the East, but the Lakers try to make sure... Um, the Lakers still, with eyes of getting out of the play-in, right? Get to the, uh, to the six or the five position because they're in that scrum with the Mavericks and the Trailblazers. One game behind the uh, Blazers in the lost column for the 6th spot, two games behind the Mavericks, so while we're thinking about the Lakers being in a play-in, Lakers are thinking about getting out of it by getting up there. But uh, again, no LeBron tonight... We don't think here in this one uh, with the Lakers 4.5-point favorites. Yeah, LeBron out tonight. Lakers only 4.5-point favorites. LeBron perhaps. uh, Manana is the word. We shall see. With that, though, always a developing situation. That's what makes it so hard to figure out how to handicap these because these things are so fluid. We find out 30 minutes before... We we find out before game time whether these guys are available or not. Uh, let's bring in Drew Dinsick, ladies and gentlemen. Whale underscore Capper on Twitter. You can follow him, of course, on the Deep Dive podcast and his latest podcast called Bet the Edge from NBC Sports Bet. It's Drew Dinsick, everybody. How you doing, Drew?
2: Hey, not too bad. Good morning, Gil. How are you?
1: Uh, I'm good. Uh, again, let's just go to you here because we had a big fight about this off, uh, off air. Arizona Cardinals, Denver Broncos, New York Giants, Carolina Panthers, Dallas Cowboys. Who do you want to see on Hard Knocks? God, dude, gotta be
2: Cowboys. Uh, ah. They're gonna be hot. Yeah, hot mess. Yeah, hot mess.
1: <laughs> Jason, Jason, <laughs> declares victory behind the glass. <laughs> uh, uh, is there anything? So, of all these games, I'm, I'm, you know, going through them one by one. They all have implications, with maybe the exception of one or two uh, seating and teams trying to get in and out of play-ins or trying to improve their seating and avoid certain teams. Uh, is there is there a pre-flop play on any of these tonight?
2: I took a couple of swings. Um, I heard you mentioning the the, uh, Knicks Lakers game. That was one I bet overnight looking for the Knicks at five and a half, seeing it creep into four and a half here. Even if LeBron was going to get some limited minutes in that one, I didn't understand that opener really. Uh, You know, you you had like, you have this perfect, you, you, you know, how you can look at a market and you had a little triangle of games between the Knicks, the Suns and the Lakers. And you know, if the, if the Knicks were Uh, six and a half point dogs to the Suns and the Lakers were six and a half, seven point dogs to the Suns without LeBron. How in the world does the math work out that the Knicks should be five and a half point dogs to the Lakers? Um, You know, there's just, there's not enough uh, variables there to make that make sense in my mind. Um, and, you know, New York is a you know, tough defensive team going up against, uh, you know, a Lakers squad that's really lacking in terms of the guys who can create shots. Uh, I can entirely see this being an ugly rock fight sort of a game for, uh, you know, for how, you know, the game, the way it's played out, uh, you know, total reflects that you're down in the 213 range right now. So it's, it's going to be uh, a nasty one on the late spot in TNT, and I think the Knicks are going to claw their way to a win. They've, they haven't really played especially tough competition over the last, you know, like last month of their season where they were winning all of those games. Um, But and then, you know, right. Sure enough, they come up against the Nuggets. They get beat. They come up against the Suns. They get beat badly. Uh, I think this is a decent chance for them to bounce back against the Lakers team that has a couple of obvious holes. And, uh, you know, you're not going you're not getting consistent game in game out performance from these Lakers in the absence of LeBron. So it's it's uh, this is a Knicks, uh, Knicks, Knicks or nothing kind of a spot for me. So I swung away on that one. Um, and yeah, you're right. The rest of the card is a mess.
1: Well, let's let's go and see if you have another one here after the break. Uh, but you know, just to just to clarify, LeBron uh, from Dave McMenamin uh, likely to return for tonight's game from his injured right ankle uh, after being pain free after several days off, according to Woj. Uh, full participant in practice, but still no official reveal of his status for tonight's game. And then, as you said, even if he does play, what's the pitch count? We don't know. Maybe that will reveal itself uh, as game time approaches. More with Drew Dinsick coming back on a numbers game at VEASAN, the sports betting network.
0: A numbers game with Gil Alexander.
1: Join the sports betting excitement with BetMGM, and you can win $100 for a $1 money line wager on the Lakers or Knicks game tonight. And if either team hits a three, you win. Just one three. That's all it takes. Just use bonus code VESAN100 and get in the ring with the king of sports books so that you can turn game time into showtime. Simply download the app or go to betmgm.com for more details and use promo code VESAN100. New customer offer, paid and free bets. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1 800 270 7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1 800 Gambler in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1 800 Off. in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800 889 9789. In Indiana, call 1 800 9 with it. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. We get tweets at Beating the Book. Bob from Philly. Does Tebow have a legit shot at making the Jags and playing? DraftKings has his season receiving yards total at 12 and a half. Two catches in week one and a bet catches. Uh, yeah, we were talking about that uh, on Primetime Action last night with Matt Brown, Daniel Alvari, and Kelly Bidlin. By the way, we're on MSG Plus tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, just a blast doing that show as we live bet. Uh, but we talked about that. That le- legit is a prop. That-, that prop might as well say, does Tim Tebow play this year? Yes or no? Um. That's really what that prop's about. Primetime, uh uh-oh, at Cowboys underscore Cubs one. When you're done roughing up producer uh, number seven, send him this way. America wants to see her team. Oh, no. America wants to see her team on hard knocks, and not because Dallas will be bad. Ratings, ratings, ratings. Homer, Homer alert. Skill Alexander, Drew Dinsick back now, ladies and gentlemen. I believe we have video of Drew. Look at him. Drew and Jason Weingarten competing for who will go the longest without a haircut. What's the deal, <laughs> man? I think uh I can
2: I can win that competition.
1: Oh, I think you can. Where there's a will, as they say. Uh so besides this, besides this Lakers Knicks game, any other play tonight or you're just passing pre flop? Y-
2: I, it's a it is a brutal card. Honestly, it, really it is, is a very it is a very very tough card to find betting value, and that shouldn't really surprise anyone. Because guess what? We're in the last you know last couple weeks of the season here, and uh, the market is as sharp as it's ever been for the rest of, you know, for the duration of the NBA. Uh, I have been kind of living and dying by identifying kind of selective tank spots and just firing away with yeah. massive spreads, <laughs> and that has really kept me afloat for the last month and a half here. Uh, and I don't see much out there that really is worth betting. I gave a serious consideration to getting involved with the Kings. But that one extra one-and-a-half-point surcharge that they put on from that Sunday, <laughs> that Sunday closer of nine yeah. is up to ten-and-a-half. And that was just enough to scare me off. Um, but I did take a couple other swings. These are these are coin flips, to be honest. And, you know, yeah. the Knicks is a coin flip, too. Um, but I took a swing on Celtics at, uh, at, at plus one-and-a-half here. Uh, we saw that one close. Celtics minus one on Sunday. It was obviously, you know, the, the, the Heat were up for that game. The Celtics have struggled in their early starts all season long. Uh, so I'm willing to give them a bit of a pass for that performance. Uh, and it seems like people have bet into the Heat in this spot because of the Jalen Brown news yesterday. And it's not like it wasn't a known that Jalen Brown was going to miss this game. And I don't think just the fact that Brown is having season-ending surgery and he's not coming back impacts the way that the Celtics play in this game in this spot I think you had a pretty brutal performance from uh, from Jason Tatum in the last uh, head-to-head between these two teams he can bounce back in this game uh, similarly Kemba Walker Marcus Smart didn't play as well as I think they could uh, I think the Celtics are going to be pretty competitive tonight against the Heat again super narrow margin I would have made this one to pick them so if you know, I took up the, the plus one and a half with Celtics. And honestly, you could probably wait. I could see this close Celtics plus two.
1: Yeah, and then again, another game with massive implications right now. Uh, the Heat in sixth, the Celtics in seven, two games separating them in the loss column. Obviously, that's what separates a play-in and a non-play-in situation. Uh, but Jalen Brown, as you said, wrist injury, averaged close to 25 points a game this year, not only out tonight, out for the rest of the season. So a Celtics season that has never really gotten any momentum going. Every time they they show a glimmer, then they just have a, a, a showing like they did on Friday night where they just get smoked by Chicago. Like, what did you guys even show up for this game? Um, it gets even worse now for the Celtics under Brad Stevens. Let, let me ask you this now, because obviously three or four games left and we're all anticipating who's going to play who, and so much of that is still very much up in the air. But if I were to ask you, what's the... What's the matchup that could potentially happen in the east or west that you think the market will get the most wrong in a series price? Like, what are you looking, what would make you salivate from a betting perspective? Like, oh, if this team plays this team, I totally know the market's gonna overrate Team X and I'm going to bang Team Y. Uh,
2: Probably off the top of my head, it's uh, Milwaukee, Miami, 3-6 in the east. Um, And just because of what happened last year, you know, that, that it took that series four and a half games before the market finally adjusted the heat up in that matchup. Uh, and I think in a seven-game series, even with the addition of Drew Holiday to the mix for the Milwaukee Bucks, you still have a massive coaching mismatch. And in a seven-game series, the coaching matters so much more than it does in the regular season. And uh, you know, watching Spolstra coach circles around Budenholzer last year in the Eastern Conference semifinals was ingrained in my brain to the uh. tune of, I will back the Heat if they get that 3-6, even if you know, Jimmy Butler is limping his way onto the court every night. And, uh, you know, you, you're getting, you know, you're, you're having some sophomore slump here from a couple of the younger players that were huge contributors for the Heat last season. But all that said, uh, you know, that coaching mismatch is real. Uh, if you can take away the transition buckets for the uh, for the Bucks, which the Heat absolutely can, then I think that's a very competitive series. So that's the one I'm probably the most, that I think the market is going to get the most wrong. And you're getting a sense of, you know, the Bucks are, uh, are catching a little bit of public momentum right now. The two wins in a row against the nets obviously didn't hurt that at all. People are, are you know, kind of bought in that this team is underrated. Uh, and in reality, I don't think they're a factor in the Eastern Conference this year.
1: That's interesting because I asked the question of 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 uh, of the group last night on primetime action. I was like, what's the team no one's talking about in each conference that you think could do big things? And uh, I, I, the rules were you had to eliminate like the top three seeds in the East, and Matt Brown still answered me. He goes, I think it's the Bucks. I think they're they're still underrated, and you're going up on that. By the way, there's so much still. I mean, we're still so far away from knowing if it's going to be a three six between the Bucks and the Heat, because obviously the Heat tied in the loss column with the Hawks. The Knicks are only one uh, game better in the loss column. The Bucks may get to two. I mean, there's so much up, but that would be interesting. And Coach Bud, it occurs to me as you said that. We thought so highly of him before that, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, I mean I certainly did.
2: <laughs> I mean, you know, it's funny because 2 seasons ago they lose the series the Eastern Conference Finals to the to the Raptors and Kawhi went Nuclear towards the end of that series, and so I was willing to give him a little bit of a pass, even though he made some pretty clear coaching gaps in that series. Notably, not shortening his rotation, not giving Giannis more minutes. Right, uh, and you know I felt like he decently adjusted to that last year, but it didn't matter because it was still the same problem of you don't know how to generate offense when teams are taking away the transition opportunities you're giving up way 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 too many wide open three-pointers hey by the way that absolutely destroyed they had no chance in that game against the spurs last night because the spurs hit their hit their open threes in the first quarter and it was game over spurs with
1: 87 in the first uh, half 87. Unbelievable. it was unbelievable
2: and you know I, I don't want to say that you know but the bucks mailed it in and boot holzer was doing his old buddy pop a solid you know letting him kind of slide his way into the plan but uh it sure fell that way the way that they were with the defensive intensity for that team so it's it was uh that was but that was indicative of a lot of what we've seen go wrong for the bucks in the playoffs in the years past which is you know they they over they sell out to stop teams getting to the rim, uh, and they give up wide open threes. And if you go up against the wrong team that happens to have you know a hot night shooting the three, then you're you're in deep trouble.
1: Is there no such equivalent in the West, Drew? Like a matchup that you would salivate over?
2: Man, I'm excited to see who. Uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see where the Trailblazers land. Honestly, because that's a fun, uh, fun team. I agree. To, yeah. That's a fun team to handicap and. You know, if they end up against the Clippers, I'm going to be a little less excited, obviously. Um, but if they match up against the Nuggets, that's going to be a fun series because and I can see them being mispriced. I think the I think the Nuggets are going to be over just just looking at like a, like a game like tonight, like the Nuggets. You're asking them to lay six and a half against Charlotte without any real creators outside of, uh, you know, Jokic. That's a tough ask. You know, the market is is higher on the Nuggets in their current form than I am by a decent amount. Um, and I would say that if they run up against the Trailblazers team, that can you know that can generate offense. Seemingly, uh, you know, effortlessly, uh, then you know they could be in a little bit of a tight spot in a in a, in a four or five series or a three six series if that's how that works out. Um, the the one eight if it's uh, if that's we what get, I was going to ask. You. Yeah, if, yeah. It, I, I'm not saying it's going to be priced wrong, but you're it's going to be super tempting to lay the lay the number if it's uh, Suns Warriors, for instance.
1: What you about know, what about Suns Grizzlies? Even like even that seems interesting to me. Obviously, the Warriors were even more tantalized but but even that oh, man. is worth a mention.
2: I guess I haven't given that enough thought because if the Grizzlies get there then that then I'm I'm a little shocked honestly. They they have a couple of huge uh, you know huge question marks the way that I look at that team and and their ability to win two games in the play in uh situation is is tough for me to wrap my head around but it could happen. Um I, I'm more interested in like a Suns Warriors series, and I'm I'm interested in the Suns Warriors game tonight. I mean, Warriors obviously on a back to back after a uh, you know kind of a, a fourth quarter um, uh, you know almost meltdown last night. Uh, you know they get a, a, a very timely three pointer at the end to win it against the Jazz. Now they got to turn around and play the Suns as five point dogs at home. It's this is going to be a really interesting contest, uh, and I think this sets up you know if if this if this money line price in uh, in San Francisco is a fair, you know, fair closing price that you can expect on a, uh on a playoff game, then you know, it, it then fair price for the series ought to be Suns may minus eight hundred you know, seven hundred or so. Uh and I think in reality you're gonna see a price in the three hundred to four hundred range because so many people are gonna be like, Well, Steph Curry and the Warriors, they got a shot. You know, I want I want a piece of the Warriors in that one. So it's gonna be pretty tempting to lay the number with the Suns if that's your one I-
1: Suns-Warriors right now, um, tonight, again, five and a half points in favor to, of the Suns. But again, Phoenix uh, right now entrenched is the number two seed. So uh, right now they'd be matched up, say, with the Lakers. But uh, it's so fluid, it's not even worth going through all the possibilities at this point. But man, if Golden State ended up against uh, Phoenix, Steph might score 1,000 every night. It's going be, to be a phenomenal series as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Milwaukee and Miami, the answer, though. From the Eastern Conference if they match them. Thank you, Drew. Tell that bird to uh, pipe it down a little really? <laughs> Jeez. All right, best best left and I guess. You too. Drew Dennis for the Bet the Edge podcast, as well as the Deep Dive. Whale underscore cappers where you can find him. We'll go down the uh, I'm sure, a baseball geek fest with Mark next to get his baseball picks of the night. Coming back on a numbers gave it a of the Sports Betting Network.